Hello and welcome to the Centrelight Podcast. My name is Matt Grady. And my name is John Keeley. Centrelight encourages discussion about what church could be and explores Christian life in the 21st century. So, coming up on today's show, we have um, the importance to memorise uh, things. So, as John has forgotten. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Just how good is your memory? Yeah. Like mine. Uh, we will have uh, some discussions around El Presidente. As well as prayer. That will be our main focus today. And of course, we'll be looking at uh, extreme trolley sports. Yeah. Yeah. Look out for that. Uh, we will have a look at ropes. Indeed, yes. <laughs> What's under yours? I know. Uh, and of course, look out for the ideas for your church in this episode. So, Matt, what's happening? Uh, what's happening with me? I am. Uh, we just watched uh, Rob Bell DVD. Everything is spiritual. Ah, and was, was it good? It was good. It was entertaining. You know, it's on for a bit over an hour. It's basically a sermon, and you would think the thought of that would be painful. Yeah. But actually, it shows you that if you do it in an engaging enough way, that it can be. You know, you can, you can watch it and and, and pay attention and tune in. So, good. Good. so is he quite interactive? Yeah, he's just he's just got a good uh, style of presentation. It's quite engaging. laid back. Yeah, engaging. That's maybe yeah. more than interactive. But it's engaging. Yeah. Some interesting things out of that. Uh, yeah. I'm still thinking through what bits I agree with and stuff. But what's uh, happening for, with you? Um, well, I am going back to the other land for a weekend. I'm going for a reunion with the guys mm. for, that I used to work with the Script Union and all the people that have worked with Script Union on the Isle of Man over the last however many years of getting together for a reunion. So um, that should be quite fun. It might be quite interesting. I haven't cool. seen a lot of them for a long time. So. Who knows what's uh, what it's going to be like? Wow, that sounds great. So it should be good, yeah. And it's going to be in the kind of guest house that we use for a lot of the missions and stuff like that. Um, and it's got a beautiful view over the the, the sea. I love the sea. No, <laughs> when I was a boy, um, I remember the sea. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That's cool. I suppose the other big news about what's happening is the. Uh, Mr. Obama. Indeed. He's no longer president-elect. Yeah, yeah no, he he's is. He's president he's Obama. dropped that title. He's now yeah. It feels like the longest time in the world because, you know, they had like the huge long primaries against um, Hillary Clinton. Yeah. And then that seemed to go on forever and then you had like the actual election against McCain that went on forever and then it was president-elect forever, it felt I know, like. It was, it was the real climax, yeah. the whole thing, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and I suppose that came to a head inauguration. What, what was the highlights of the, the day? Uh, well, I need to I need to have another listen to it, I think, because um, I caught the first bit of it and then I had to go out. I was at a youth club, and so I kind of missed the second part of it. Some of the main kind of things that, I mean, did cover pretty much all the bases, didn't he, in terms yeah. of the things he had to cover, in oh, terms yeah, of the economy and speech, terrorism yeah. and, and that, in terms of his speech, yeah. yeah. And it was a pretty rousing speech, as you'd expect, really. Yeah. Um, for me, what was really interesting was how overtly religious the whole ceremony was. Yeah, you know, with having, Rick Warren, yeah, Rick doing, Warren prayer, doing prayer, and which apparently is quite a controversial choice. Um, oh yeah, I hadn't for, realized for, yeah. for Barack. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it was amazingly, amazingly kind of overtly religious. It's just, I don't know, maybe America does that better than, than we do in Britain. Yeah. Um, and he, I, there was a couple of times in his speech as well that he, he quoted scripture mm-hmm. yeah, as well. Yeah. Uh, time for 
changes didn't he no no what well, time to put away child yeah childish things, things and childish thoughts and, and there was something yeah. else as well that he used I can't remember what it was now uh, yeah, but you're right, you know, but even quoting scripture. Yeah, but I thought that, I mean, that's encouraging, surely, mm-hmm. from a from a Christian point of view, to have someone that is, seems to be discerning God's yeah. will. Yeah. Um, and actually is. Like, when you contrast that with Bush, when, you know, <laughs> he was saying that he was, you know, yeah. praying and stuff, but you didn't get the impression yeah. that that kind of same wisdom and discernment was... Yeah, you don't there. think of wisdom and discernment when you think <laughs> no. of George Bush, do you? <laughs> Not so much, really. <laughs> Whereas you, you do feel that he's really in tune with with everything. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm being quite general there because I don't know a huge amount of specifics about it. Yeah, I mean, I've read his book, um, or one of his books, um, The Audacity of Hope. He, he comes across in that as a very reasoned, logical person with... Huh kind of common sense ideals and ideologies and it'd be interesting to see what he's actually able to achieve and I love the rhetoric of we've got the balance wrong just now between freedom and protection uh, you know like civil liberties and protection from perceived terrorist threats yeah. so it'd be interesting There's to see too much emphasis on being yeah. protected yeah it'd be interesting to see if we can get away from nanny state type stuff yeah. and into more general better that's, mental attitude well, that's the kind of democratic way though isn't it yeah yeah to let people get on with it themselves yeah. so that'd be interesting It'll be a complete change. You couldn't have asked for a difference, you know, a bigger kind of difference between the previous oh, uh, office and this office in terms of the way things are going to go forward. So, mm-hmm. um, no, and I think just the fact that there's such a positive buzz. Yes, yeah, it's, it's like around. the world's been re- reborn almost. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's someone cool. I know wrote something about that in a blog. Oh, yeah. Who was that? Oh, well. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I guess the other thing then is just to say that for you guys to look out for things happening in your area. Oh yeah, definitely. Get onto our website and post them there so that you can share them with people. Yep. And check out the forums and stuff on our on the website, uh, which John is going to tell you in three seconds time. One, two, three. Centerlight.org. Yes. Is that good enough? That's good enough. That's good. Excellent. You didn't do like kind of like... Mississippi's or elephants or anything like that. No. That was like one no. Mississippi or two, no. or Mississippi one, it was really. Anyway, <laughs> remind you the Friends episode where he does things. That's exactly what I was thinking of with the tanning. Yes. Yeah. You don't count with Mississippi. Okay. Yeah. So, anyway, <laughs> yeah, get on the forums uh-huh. uh, and we'll hopefully have some news on there about things that are happening, bigger events across the country, yeah. and it'd be good to share yours. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Let us know what's happening with you. And it's good for you to check out events in your local area because it keeps you kind of proactive. Yeah. And keeps everything fresh. Well, Matt, next we have a quick question. Aha. Um, in our last episode, we looked at the issue of him, didn't we? Yeah, and yeah. what the him was. First hymn was. Um, uh, so, this episode, I think you're going to ask me. Is that right? Or am I going to ask you? I'll ask you. Okay. Um, have you got the music queued up? I do indeed. It's ready and ready to go. Do you want to explain why we've got the music queued up? Well, as you know, um, Matt and some of the listeners out there will know that um, we have to answer the question uh, before the music ends. John has his sweatbands on and his pumas. Oh yes, I've been doing my stretches. Yeah, it's a lovely sight. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, right. So yes, the question is: Is it important to memorise the Bible? Good question. Well, um, let's see now. It's obviously good to know your Bible. It's obviously good to be able to 
memorise parts and tell people where they are. For example, if we were having a discussion and you raised an issue about something and but you couldn't remember what it was, I would say, well, I think you'll find, Matt, that that's in the book of Job, yeah. chapter 12, okay. verse 2. Uh, and you would go, oh, thank you. It'd be interesting to see what is actually Job, Job 12. So yeah, that, that's good for that point. But I suppose uh, on the flip side of that, though, you can end up just memorising your Bible and actually not understanding it. Personally, I think I wish I'd memorised more of the Bible. Uh-huh. I think what we need to do is not necessarily make an effort to memorise the Bible as an as exercise. No. But I think that we should be reading our Bible so often that it and sticks. engaging with it so often that it sticks, yeah. Um, and there should be really big parts of Scripture that should be really in your heart and you should know it. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm guilty of not doing that but I think also it helps you to understand you know in any given situation you don't always have time in a situation to say well hang on let me just check what my bible says about that and look up passages you sometimes have to act in the instant yeah. um, and so the more you know about scripture mm-hmm. the more you know God the easier it is to, to do the right thing I guess for yeah. those situations to work out well so I think it's important to know scripture I like what you said about it being an exercise I think that's the whole point don't memorise it for an exercise Memorise it because you're getting stuck into your Bible. Yeah. Question answered? Question answered. This episode, uh, for a discussion, we're going to be looking at the issue of personal prayer. Uh, obviously, prayer is mentioned quite a lot in the Bible. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Uh, and looking specifically, you know, Jesus has a lot of teachings on prayer and there's kind of a lot of influence on how he prays as well. So we're going to kind of look at that and how that can have a, an impact on the way that we pray and, you know, discussing if there is a best way to pray or, you know, what what is personal prayer all about kind of thing. Sound good? Yeah, that sounds good to me. Just when you think of the uh, of personal prayer... I'm not sure what comes to mind for you when you think of personal prayer, for, but for me, the first thing I was just thinking there was all of the different types of prayer, because there are so many different ways to do prayer. And I'm just conscious, you know, whenever you hear people talking, they're always kind of talking about the right way to pray, or, mm. um, and not necessarily claiming that they always right, but looking for the right way to pray. Uh-huh. Trying to, f- as yeah. if there's one definitive right way to pray. I wonder if there is one definitive right way to pray. That's an interesting thought, because I don't know that there is. I mean, my sense is that it's that there will be a right attitude to prayer yeah. but not necessarily a right action of yeah. prayer if that makes sense yeah it can take different forms in the way you deliver it but as long as the, the attitude and the motivation for the prayer are heartfelt yeah. that wanting to send to do you know what I mean then um, then you can consider that prayer I suppose what is prayer what is actual yeah, prayer yeah, maybe what something counts. what counts as a prayer is something maybe that we could yeah, look at well, I mean, I think what counts as prayer is almost anything that you feel you're communicating with God. I mean, some for some people, it wouldn't count as prayer unless you stopped and, you know, adopted a position of prayer and were, yeah. you know, and and, uh, and started it with a certain way and ended it with an amen. But I mean, I guess for me, prayer is communicating with God. Yeah, I'd, I would agree with that. And I think a lot of people think of prayer as, you know, as a quiet, reflective, mm-hmm. sombre kind of thing rather than necessarily chatting you know, if you're walking yeah. down the street and have a little chat with God, you know, that's still a prayer. Yeah, I think so. Um, but like you say, the it is prayer is about the attitude 
and about the kind of why are you praying for this um, and sometimes we need even if we do have our own kind of genuine kind of attitude to pray sometimes we do need to check ourselves when we're praying and think mm. about what we're praying for you know are we just I don't know it's a difficult one because I was about to say are we just coming and asking God for help again yeah. after again again rather than taking that kind of step back and saying thank you to God yeah, for things yeah. saying sorry for things that we've done and listening to him for advice rather than just going straight up and say okay God I need help with this I need help with this uh, how am I going to get this sorted yeah, yeah. but then at the same time God will help you with those things it's kind of are you taking it for granted when you're doing that? Yeah. Or does he want you to do that? It doesn't matter how you communicate to him because he just wants you to talk to him. Yeah, it's a bit, I suppose you could look at it as a relational thing. Yeah. Yeah, because you, you have this idea sometimes that you, you know, you'll, you'll read in the, you use the Lord's Prayer as a template that you have to put God first. So you'll have people who start their prayers with praise to God and thanks to God and then quickly on to a list of requests. Yeah. Um, and it seems wrong to just start with the requests, yeah. but really that's what's on your heart. Yeah. So it's like to me, you know, the prayer is just bring to God what's on your heart. Yeah. Hopefully, what's on your heart is praise and thanks for God. There will be troubles and stuff, and there's nothing wrong with asking God mm. for help for things. And but um, I think another thing is isn't evaluating your prayers, perhaps, right. in the sense that you know you praying if you're praying for the same things over and over. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is there is obviously scripture about perseverance in prayer is a good thing but if you find yourself praying for the same things or you're making the same mistakes and you're always asking for forgiveness for the same things perhaps your prayer needs to change to say yeah. Lord show me why I'm doing this or you know you, there's there's more to it perhaps than just mm-hmm. constantly I think, I think you have to I think your prayer should be something that you pay attention to I guess is what I'm saying I think linked to that, and it's quite interesting to use the word evaluate, because I was about to make a quip about keeping a record so you can evaluate, but actually, that's exactly what you should do, maybe, and that was one of the ideas that, well, you had about kind of keeping a prayer journal, which might help in this kind of situation, perhaps. Yeah, I think so. I think the idea of keeping, I've heard, I mean, I got this from someone else, you know, you hear this idea of keeping a prayer diary where you can write down the things you've prayed about, and then you almost can look back and go, do you know what, that's it. answered that because you don't always uh-huh. certainly on, on on big life things you you'll generally be aware that God is what moved but in smaller things you don't always realize yeah. the blessings that God has done in those things you know you, you pray for something one day and if God acts and it's not really an issue for you anymore you don't remember to pray about it again to say thank yeah. you whereas you can look back and actually see the power of prayer yeah that God what God has done in your life and I think that's really good but also you can see maybe a, a development of your own understanding or, or of prayer you know if you've prayed for for one thing and then you start to change like a word in the prayer and you change another and then eventually it becomes you get to the real heart of why you pray yeah. or something or what it see that's an interesting point because then it does matter how you pray part of me has said that well God knows what I mean mm. but maybe in that kind of working out what you need to pray for God is actually answering your prayer yeah. by you being able to work out yeah, what you yeah. need to pray for more do you know yeah, does yeah. that make more sense it does make sense but also I think sometimes like to that is the idea that prayer sometimes is for us. You know when you verbalise you mm-hmm. when you speak something you pray a prayer, sometimes it's uh, actually just you need to, to hear it yeah. and realise, you know, sometimes I think um it's not always saying I mean God does know what you're gonna ask for before mm-hmm. I mean, the Bible tells us God knows these things you don't need to, to use many words and um 
but sometimes perhaps you need to you do it to get clarity for yourself, you know, to understand. I was just reminded of something else that we thought about before is this idea that um, if you look at the Bible for your guidance on how to pray, uh-huh. you know, it's clear um, in the Gospels of Jesus telling the disciples how to pray, um, or to pray often and, and not to use many words, you don't need to babble on and, and all those sorts of things. But Jesus, um, the implication of that is that you don't need to spend long, prayers don't need to be long. Uh-huh. But when Jesus was praying, he was praying for hours. Oh, he went really, off into the hills. Yeah, and I, you know, he really a couple of hours, went, didn't he? he? Really did it. Yeah, he really went for it. Um, and and I wonder if the implication in that is that actually a lot of prayer is listening. It's, it's making the time to listen for God. You know, you, if you're not using a lot of words and you're spending a lot of time in prayer, what else are you really doing? You're yeah. not working out your next move in chess or scrabble. Yeah, but I would agree with that completely. And I think we do spend way too much time talking. To yeah. God, because like you said, it's a relationship and it's a conversation. It's a conversation with God. That would be my view of prayer. So that implies that we actually need to spend time in quiet so we can actually listen to what God's saying to us. Uh, mm. And that can be, and should be more valuable almost to actually you know, hear what God, the creator of the universe, has got to say to yeah. me about you know, where I'm going in my life. Yeah, definitely. Um, so spending some spending some quiet time, but again, it comes down to patience and, yeah. and time. And yeah, is that are our lives too busy? For yeah, that? and doing things on on God's time scales and not ours. Yeah, the patience like, idea. Because yeah. as soon as I said that, then I thought, right, actually, maybe I can do a couple of hours. I could probably do it, you know, nine till eleven every evening. Yeah. But that's again, that's on my time scale yeah. because I'm fitting God into my day yeah. rather than. When it, you know, maybe you shouldn't schedule God. Yeah, I don't know, but that's di- that's difficult over here for us to do. Mm. Like during your working day, right? Hang on, I need to go and go away for a couple of hours and pray. Yeah. Should you do that? I mean, yeah. Well, it's interesting because I've heard lots of people kind of say that prayer. Some people use the model of they, they block off a time for prayer, mm-hmm. and other people would say that they're praying throughout the day to God in mm-hmm. little bits and pieces, and and both seem valid to me. I do like the idea of blocking off time. Even if it's scheduling God, it's still dedicating time to God. It's okay. still saying, regardless of what else I could be doing at this time, I'm choosing to spend mm-hmm. this time with God. But I wouldn't use that as a instead of talking to God throughout the day. I think the two have to. I think the two yeah. go together. I think it's an either or situation. I think you should be throughout the day lifting things to God. It comes down to that attitude again, yeah. doesn't it? It's not like at the end of your the time that you've blocked off, you don't then say, right, that's it. Yeah. Like kind of wipe yeah, your yeah, hands yeah. and say, okay, that's God done. Um. I'll see you tomorrow kind of thing it's like you say it's that attitude of okay this is time that I'm spending with God um, now really focusing mm-hmm. but still having that attitude of um, thinking about that time during the day so that you're aware of anything that happens during the yeah. day in response to what you've been praying about yeah definitely um, I, I found a verse um, it's one of my it comes from one of my favourite passages it's Paul and he's talking about the armour of God he talks about pray at all times, at every occasion, with all kinds of prayers and requests. Mm-hmm. So that then implies about just pray for anything. Yeah. And yeah. that implies using quite a lot of words. And that seems to contradict the idea of Jesus going off and, yeah. and not really saying anything. But I think what Paul's encouraging the church, I think it was Ephesus at the time, was that was actually to not worry about what you're praying for. As long as your attitude is right, yeah. as long as you've not got a selfish heart, then... You can pray for anything. Yeah, God yeah. is part of all of your life, not just this little box. Yeah, that's true. I mean, because I always find it funny when you... 
and I've done it myself, but you have this idea that you don't want to pray for specific things. You know, I can't pray about that. Yeah. As if God doesn't know it already. Oh, well, if I don't pray about it, then be, God won't know. And yeah. won't, you know, it's, it's crazy. Is that, you know, I think, I think, again, come back to attitude, I think it should be not about what you should do. It's just like what you want to do, almost. It's like, but it, that, that want should be a natural yeah. response to God. It's like, why would you not want to spend time with God? Why would yeah. you? Why is it, and, I, and I'm guilty of this myself, why is it more important for me to watch something mindless on the television instead yeah. of read my Bible or pray or reflect or think through something, you know? And, it, and it's the same thing, I think, with the praying all the time. Well, no, because it, that's interesting, though, because I do understand the whole kind of wanting to pray thing, mm. but there might be people out there, and I've experienced this as well, where you don't necessarily want to pray. And that's not... A, that's not a good thing, obviously. Mm. You do feel it more of a duty. So you need to get you need to start making it a routine. The great thing is that with God it doesn't carry on as a routine. Yeah. He then moulds you. Yeah. And then yeah. It, you do then want to carry on. Yeah. Does that, that make sense? Yeah, that's true. I so think in there, terms of actually starting somewhere. Yeah. There are times when you have to do it as an exercise to start with. Uh-huh. But, because you should be yeah. doing it. And then that will turn into kind of a heart wanting to do mm. it. It's one of the few areas in church life and personal spiritual life where I quite like the idea of having programs in the sense that if you try one style of prayer for a while mm-hmm. and then move on to a different style of prayer, there's less chance of you doing it on out of habit or automatically. I, I've found myself um, often praying the same prayers mm. and it's not necessarily because uh, I'm desperately passionate about the thing, it's just that that's the, the same words are coming up, the same yeah. like, you know... And it's almost in those moments when you think, well, I think God knows this, I'm just going to listen to God. But, uh, you know, trying different styles of prayer, I think, can really kind of mm-hmm. stir you a little more into to new things. Uh-huh. And I think one of the things about the exercise and the routine side of things, of a positive, it does show obedience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is obviously the heart of God as well, that being obedient to prayer, recognising the importance it has for your Christian life. Yeah. I wanted to come back to the idea of listening. The key thing is actually making sure that we spend time listening for God's response to our prayers, but also when God speaks, mm-hmm. however that is to different people, you have to be willing to do something with that. So firstly, you need to make the time to actually listen for God to speak, kind of like we discussed earlier, but then if he does speak to you, or if there is something, you actually have to act on that. Yeah, and do we expect that to happen? Then? Are we prepared for when we do need to do something? Yeah, be an answer to our own prayers is some yeah. kind of phrase I clearly like bit, yeah. yeah, that's but I suppose there's different ways that you can pray, like we said earlier. You know, you could maybe try something a bit more reflective. You could try mm. listening. You could maybe find a book that's got some kind of prayer written down that you could yeah, read, yeah. some kind of response-type prayer. But, I mean, there's loads of ways. You can get creative, really, can't you? Yeah, I, th- I often find sometimes, you know, when you go to things and someone else has written the prayer, that you, it's a group response-type thing. Yeah. Um, but you could use that in a private life as well. I think um, I'm often like the idea of using that as a you know they're maybe sometimes more brave than I would always be in my prayers mm. in terms of what they're expecting or asking for or, mm. or um, and I think there's something to learn from that just that utter raw honesty yeah. and uh, expect, like you say expectation like if you pray to God for something sometimes um, you don't feel that you should pray for something because it just doesn't seem like plausible or, or likely to happen but actually that's diminishing God by yeah. saying God can't do that you know like so if we pray you know, one of my prayers is for um, an end to poverty. Hmm. It seems just like, well, how can that... Sometimes it seems like, well, well how yeah. can do that? But then, 
you know, why can't I believe that in a year's time the whole world would be ended of poverty, you know, there'd be no poverty in the whole world in one year's time? Why don't I believe that my God can do that? Yeah, that's moving on to a bit of a different subject, which yeah. is, you know, but no, that's good though, I completely understand what you're saying, but I've, I was about to go off on a bit of a tangent and so I'll stop myself right there. <laughs> um, but no, you're right, we need to not, we need to unbox God completely mm. of, of what we think he can do. The other thing, um, which I wanted to mention was, um, do we pray for those people around us who kind of get our nerves a bit, who annoy us? Um, and we should be praying for them in terms of that obedient heart. Mm. Um, we've been told to pray for those who ill-treat you, yeah. um, which is in the, the Bible somewhere. I haven't got the reference. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I, I think, uh, I guess in closing, if we were going to talk about, if we're talking about the topic of personal kind of prayer, or, mm-hmm. I guess what I would encourage people or what to do is, is actually to spend time in prayer. Is a first one, mm-hmm. is a good start. That's a pretty good start, um, yeah, for prayer. To, to spend time listening, to not be afraid to, you know, to, to not worry that you're doing prayer wrong. Mm-hmm. Try and do. I mean, the more you pray, the more likely you are to be doing it right. And pleasing, yeah. if there is a right way to pray, it's to do with having an attitude of wanting to connect with God that's what your aim is I can't imagine that, that I, I just don't feel that that would this any way would be a wrong way to pray to God yeah. if you're doing it to genuinely connect with God yeah humbly yeah no yeah. I don't think he worries about the words that we use necessarily mm. I think he, he he cares what's on the inside what's yeah. you know what our heart wants and you know as you say the more you pray you might be able to express that in a better way well I think that will do for, for this month's discussion um, as usual, we, there's so much more we'd love to cover, so perhaps you want to check out the website, mm-hmm. centrelight.org, um, and let us know what you think. So, as the reigning champion of Funny Thing... I think uh, it's time to announce last episode's winner. Come on then, it come pain, on, you it, can do it. It pains pains me to, to say it. The listeners have decided that John Cooley has won. Victory is mine! Oh yes. With the multiple watches. Now it's time for this Funny Things episode. This Funny Things episode. No, no, it's not, is it? This, <laughs> this episode's episode funny, funny thing. thing. There we go. Yes. We should Speaking. find something on the... Oh, find something to flip. Yes. What do you have over there? Okay, let's go for... Hmm. Let's go for a uh, memory stick. A memory stick flip, everyone, to see yeah. who's going first. Okay, uh, uh, light side up. Okay, light side up. I'll, I'll have the light, light side, side up. up. Yeah. I'll go light side down then, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> it was a tough choice. <laughs> uh, I'll wait up the frozen coin. Reason. Yeah. Okay. okay. It's light side down. Light side down. So it's you, Matt. It's me first. Come on then. Okay. So, I'm at the supermarket, got the trolley, taking the stuff back to the, rushed around the shop, elbowed from people out of the way, jumped a few, <laughs> few, knocked over a few old ladies and stuff to get in at the front. <laughs> Take the trolley over to the car, unload the bags, put the bags in the car. That's it. Decide, like the 12-year-old inbuilt into me that, you know, <laughs> I'm going to have a wee game with the trolley, so I'm running back with the trolley to put it back in the... the with all the other trolleys in the trolley stand uh, but something doesn't quite feel right it's starting to vibrate a little you know the wheels might not have been balanced properly they've obviously not tuned it up for a while <laughs> tuned up the trolley uh, 
just as I get outside, so I'm running, I mean, I'm full pelt now, I'm actually properly running, <laughs> sprinting with this trolley in front of me now, right? It's great fun, you should see the smile on my face. Until I get right outside the very front door of the supermarket, must have been 25 people there, and, it, and just suddenly, oh no, 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 bounces out of control, hit a stone or something, <laughs> flips over, the trolley <laughs> flips over, and I flip over with it, <laughs> right in the middle of the house. So the trolley's upside down, and I'm kind of on top of it. With the sort of like my head against the ground, just looking up at some people. And uh, <laughs> so, yeah. That's genius. Oh man, it was so funny. And uh, so I jumped up. <laughs> I was like trying to correct the trolley as quick as I could, but you know, you get flustered and like, oh no, no, dropping it. And kind of like, and all these people, no, nobody helped me. Man. One person did say, you're right. <laughs> did and someone like, else hold up a card saying, 8.4 yeah. for your flip? So, uh, yeah, that was my experience. So then I had to just kind of oh, casually. Dear get back to my feet, dust myself off, take the trolley over, put it in, get my pound back, <laughs> stroll away, although I may have jogged away. <laughs> I was going to say, that was funny. I, I enjoyed your story. I'm noticing possibly a slight similarity in our stories. Ooh. Uh, but let's go for it anyway. So my story. I used to work in a bank years ago before I started youth work uh, as a full-time occupation. And I worked in a bank for four years. Anyway, one particular day, it was getting to the end of the day, we finished at five o'clock, and I was responsible um, at this particular point of my banking career uh, to look after kind of high checks that came in. So checks, there were over a certain amount of money that needed their signatures checked, and then they would get taken through to the kind of processing area to make sure they were all done. Anyway, there was this one check that came through uh, in the post, uh, and it was discovered that it hadn't been checked about 10 to five. So it needed to go through. So suddenly it was, yikes, we need to get this done. Yikes, you don't hear that very often. No. Uh, so I ran over to the place where you check the signatures, did that, fine, all good. Went back to the, my, my uh, desk, stamped it. And then uh, I thought, right, I need to get this through to the other office. Bearing in mind that the office I was working in was huge, open plan. There were loads of people there. But the place I was going was on the other side through a corridor, and it was actually in a closed-off office. So I thought, well, I'm going to have to leg it. So I started to run. One thing I didn't account for, however, was the fact that I had some old shoes on. Oh. And the bit between the top of my shoe and the sole was a little bit loose. <laughs> and I was running, and the sole kind of came away a court on the carpet. And I just decked it. Oh. No! <laughs> Your phone is going off right in the middle of my story. Hello? Oh, yeah, I'm saying it and everything. My apologies to John for interrupting his incredibly funny right story. Right at the punchline. Yeah. I reckon it's a conspiracy. Yeah. You it, just had someone waiting just so just could ruin place. my punchline. Yeah. If there's any consolation, it was a very nice phone call. Yeah. I'd set everything up. Yeah. So, well, let's recap. Yes. So, basically, I was legging it through to the other office and... My soul came away from my shoe and I just face planted into, <laughs> into the corridor oh. in this open plan office. Okay, so shall we move on? Yeah, well, let's just remind people that they have to vote on the forum. Oh, yeah, I suppose we could do uh, that. that. That would help. Uh, thanks for all your votes last time. Uh, I would uh, love you very much if you voted for me. Oh, stop saying that. Okay, uh, let's move on to spiritual caffeine. Yes. Uh, and of course, this episode we'll be looking at. Um, you know, that interesting thing. Yeah, Sorry, people, I've not... Well, well while John um, finds his uh, place, I'll tell you, spiritual caffeine is uh, where we come up with some ideas. 
that help people uh, maybe just connect with God more yeah. or just have some new ideas to try, new ways to read the Bible or just something that would give you a bit of a boost. It's funny that you should say new ways to read the Bible because Spiritual Caffeine, this episode, is looking at different translations. Uh-huh. And this was an idea that you had, I think, Matt. What was your kind of thinking behind it? Well, um, I guess it just comes from having different things, you know, in house groups of different Bible studies and different people have got different translations of the Bible there. And, and it's quite useful to um, to hear those uh, different versions, you know, so you, you get a different flavour. I think it's really helpful sometimes if you've got a specific passage to, to look up a number of different translations. Yep. Um, and to, to just to try and get a different understanding. It gives you a fuller impression of yeah. what's going on. Yeah. I, I like doing that myself. It's It was useful for me, and it's, you're encouraged to do it, certainly if you're doing like a course or something mm. like college. When I was in college, they encouraged you to look at different translations because some of the words might mean different things. Yeah. It might be interpreted differently, uh, and it <clears throat> does give you a good, good flavour for for what is actually trying to be got at. Um, I suppose it would have been good at this point if we had an example. That would have been really yeah, yeah clever yeah. But we're not that clever. No. Um, so maybe on the on the website you could think come up maybe put down some different passages uh, that have kind of good examples of different translations. Yeah, we'll have some things on there, and people could maybe. I mean, other listeners will have their own yeah, ones yeah, that they'd yeah. like. So yeah, that would be a good idea. Um, so it's something to try. I think it's really useful. Yeah, it's a different perspective. And also, it'll be a different way of reading the Bible for some people because mm-hmm. you're just going to read one verse over and over in different translations, and then kind of see what the differences are. And there's so many different translations out there as well. Yeah. What's uh, your favourite, John? My favourite. Oh, I don't really know. Actually, I the New Living Translation I quite like. Quite like that. I quite like the NIV for study. You know, like if I yeah. want a definitive, if I feel yeah, like yeah. I want a definitive translation, I always kind of think of the NIV as that one. I think the NLT New Living Translation yeah. is uh, good for for uh, so maybe a slightly easier read. Yeah, I like the colour though that you get from things like the New King James and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, you get quite a nice. It's quite. It's a lot more. Can be language is a bit more poetic in, in some right. yes in some sections. Um. But yeah, I've got loads of translations at home. Like, those are random ones. The first book ever book Bible I got for my christening, I think it's like a proper King James version, yeah. which is crazy. And I started to try and read that in bed <laughs> when I was about eight. From the, like, Have you finished thought, it yet? <laughs> no, it's tiny as well. You can't <laughs> hardly read the the letters. Uh, I, I was so determined to read it all the way through, you know, from Genesis to Revelation. I think I managed to get halfway through Genesis. <laughs> I kept falling asleep. You see, that's a problem. Um, Anywho, yeah, if I would just do one more thing, and that is that uh, if you don't have access to 17 different Bibles to give you different translations, there are loads of websites that give you trans- different translations. Um, so that's a, a good way to kind of look at them. BibleGateway.com seems to be the one everyone I know uses. Indeed, it is. Moving on. Moving on, indeed. Two good news. It's time to maybe just share some news about some projects that are going on, that people, how people are responding to God or putting the faith in God or how God has blessed certain people. Yeah, I found, um, it's not something I've, I've heard about personally, but I found it um, when I was looking around on the interweb uh, earlier on, uh, and it's a project called Robes. Uh, some of you may have heard it, especially if you're in the London area, you may have come across this. Robes is a scheme, it involves 14 churches, and it's working from December through to March in London, and what they do is they, they host, their, they, it's aimed at homeless people, and what they do is the churches become a host for those few months and they'll kind of offer a hot meal in the evening. Uh, there'll be people there that they can spend time with, get to know, rather than it just being 
a meal and a bed. It's quite active. The the people that are involved in it from the church side are proactive in actually getting to know the the guests, getting to try and maybe help them with the situation. Mm-hmm. They have some um, kind of advocacy workers um, employed by the project um, to try and think about where you know how they can be helped in the future. Uh, so yeah, they get a, me- a meal in the evening. They get the, the kind of friendship. They get a, a bed and uh, breakfast in the morning as well. And they try and um, make sure that, that one person isn't there more than a fortnight coming because they like yeah. to keep things you know, moving. Oh, yeah, that's good. Uh, encouragingly as well, like I said, they're quite proactive in speaking to the guests um, and they sit down and they, they, they see themselves as equals. Do you know what I mean? They oh, don't try really, and yeah. patronise yeah, yeah, you. Yeah, which is a danger. In uh, yeah, projects, and it? It, it's a d- danger not just because from a mindset it can be quite easy to do because and it's sad that that's the case maybe in our culture that we look down on people maybe mm-hmm. who are homeless. Yeah, yeah. so it's actually maybe quite a challenge for us to actually think equal and I know that sounds so patronising and so bad but I think we have to admit where we're, our faults are and things yeah, like yeah. that it's often easy to act as though someone is your equal but not truly believe it yeah, yeah I think that's right yeah uh, so yeah, check out the Robes Project. Um, you can find their website at www.robes.org.uk and find out more about them. So that's good news. Again, if you've got anything that you want to share with us, go on the forum, write it in there, yeah. um, and generally let us know what you're up to because we'd love to, you know, share something on the podcast that maybe you've yeah. sent into us. Yeah, that'd be great. On www.centerlight.org. Indeed. Well done, Matt. So that leaves us with ideas for church. Ah. Uh, and again, this is something that you've thought of, Matt, and I quite like this idea, so I'm going to let you talk about it. Uh, I'll just briefly introduce what ideas for church is. It's fairly simple. It's fairly obvious, I think. We're going to maybe suggest something that you can put into practice in your church and maybe to kind of freshen up what's going on there or to try something different uh, to give you a kind of new approach to, to worship or something like that. Uh, so what is uh, this episode's idea, Matt? Well, this episode's idea is really um, it's about getting the church out of the natural church environment. It's about finding okay. places to meet people where they are. So, you know, could you find a, a hall that you could have your service in one week or a school or, mm-hmm. um, or a pub or a, a coffee shop, you know? That'd be cool. Um, there will be people all over the land when you mention having church in a bar. Just... Um, Big no-no. Possibly die of shock. Yeah, um, But, you know, like, you've got to really meet people. I feel you can meet people where they are. And if you, excuse me, if you want people to to become part of your church, you have to give them a taste of what it's like. So yeah. what better way than take them out, take it out to them and, and let them see how you do church and see, you know, that it's not a bunch of weirdos doing mm-hmm. strange things. I think that's really good. And I, I've, I've heard of a couple of stories where churches have done that. Maybe more for necessity rather than choice. Yeah. Because maybe their building is, the original church building is needing some repair and they've had to move out. When they've done that, they've seen a big increase in numbers. They've yeah. seen a lot more kind of community spirit. And it's really strange that as soon as you kind of go out, it's like, it is just like taking that light out mm-hmm. and letting it spread around, letting people see that it's there. Yeah. Because uh, once you're in that routine of going to the same kind of building week after week after week, everyone just... Everyone who doesn't go to church just expects it to be there. Yeah. Um, I mean, you've got the idea, I think there's a couple of things, like the idea that 
if people were wanting to investigate Christianity, they might feel you know not very comfortable going into a church. It's mm-hmm. not natural for them. It's not their territory and stuff. Yeah. So you've taken away that barrier. If you meet people where they are, you know, if you meet them in their coffee shop or in their bar or in their hall or whatever, what an environment they're used to. It's one less barrier, and they can be more comfortable, more relaxed, and more able to just kind of you know engage with things. Yeah. Do it at that kind of pace. Yeah. But. And there's also the element, I mean, if you had to do it, if you had to do church in a coffee shop or you had to do church in a bar, or, you'd really have to think creatively about how yeah. you would make that work in that yeah. environment. You couldn't just do the same service in yeah. the bar, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think that would work. You'd have, to, you'd have to put a bit of thought into it, and I think that would be quite a healthy, useful thing to oh, do. Oh, definitely, yeah. So there's your idea for church this episode. Um, again... Let us know about your ideas. Put them on the blog, uh, on the blog, sorry, on the forum um, at centrelight.org. Yeah. Did we mention that we've got a website? I think we may have mentioned it. What is it again? Um, Centrelight.org. Centrelight.org. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to log on and check it out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But John's Freudian slip there about blogs is 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 good. So there's also blogs on there to check out, and we'd really love to have your comments on the blog. You can get them through the website. Which is? Centrelight.org. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's everything for this episode. I think it is. Um, well, I hope you've enjoyed it. And uh, we look forward to uh, speaking to you again. Okay. Uh, goodbye. Bye.